AM 1060 KDUS Tempe Phoenix and KSLX HD2 Scottsdale Phoenix. It's time to hit the field with Extra Point featuring Kayla Mortolaro and Bob Kemp on KDUS AM 1060. Tweet the show at KDUS AM 1060 or give us a call at 602-260-1060. The snap is back. The hold is down. You can't miss with this combination. And the extra point is good. Welcome in to hour number two of Extra Point right here on KDOS AM 1060. As always, follow along with us online at KDOS1060.com and with the KDOS 1060 app. It's Friday, January 12th. That means it's Friday spread brought to you by Vaughn Hansen's Meats and Spirits. We still have the $100 gift certificate available for you up for grabs. If you are today's winner a little bit later on in the program, make sure you're coming with your weekend play. We're continuing on. The season's not over yet. 12 and 5 to get things started for this NFL and college football season. Looking to pick up another win and our first win of the 2024 season. As uh, as we do, the money at season's end will be going to charity. As it is for the weekend specials brought to you by Von Hansen's Meats and Spirits, USDA Choice Service certified Angus beef tri-tip roast at $12.99 a pound, spatchcock cut chickens at $2.99 a pound, packer brats, which are green chilies and cheddar cheese at $5.99 a pound, and cowboy burgers, bacon, onions, cheddar cheese at $5.99 a pound. Von Hansen's Meats and Spirits, 2390 North Alma School Road in Chandler or vonhansensmeats.net. Let's briefly reset the scene here with today's poll questions and start with the KDOS1060.com poll question. Uh, The legends in the game coaching, they've been um, they've both had very high praises for each other uh, over the courses of their career. Nick Saban retiring from college football, Bill Belichick and the New England Patriots parting ways. The question here, KDOS1060.com, which legendary coach will be more difficult to replace? And Nick Saban continues to lead the way at 81% of the vote. Bill Belichick trailing at 19%. This is officially a question that we will answer today around 1230. Tossing it on over to X at KDOS AM 1060, who wins Sunday night in Detroit. Lions 56.3% of the vote. Rams trailing at 43.8%. We divulged uh, kind of some news notes and things and, and brief thoughts on the game and we will officially answer our winner pick around 1230 today. So still plenty of time for you to cast your vote. Kyle Sapi of Pro Football Network. He's set to join us here shortly for his NFL props for Super Wild Card Weekend and the beginning of the playoffs as well. We have one final game, though, to wrap up, and that's the Monday Night Football Contest, ESPN 6 p.m. between the Eagles and the Bucks. Eagles minus three, Bucks plus three, over-under sitting at 43-and-a-half. How healthy is A.J. Brown? He did not practice yesterday with a knee injury sustained in Week 18. Also, how healthy is Jalen Hurts? We know he's been dealing with a knee, but also limited this week here with a finger. Hasn't thrown since Sunday, according to Nick Sirianni. That's according to Jalen Hurts. He hasn't thrown since Sunday, at least as of yesterday. He said that when he met with the media 
Uh, he met with the media in large part yesterday. Well, he was going to do it anyway, but uh, the majority of that press conference yesterday was about Nick Saban because obviously he played for Nick Saban at Oklahoma at, uh, at Alabama before he transferred to Oklahoma. So there's that. Uh, more to go on the injury front from uh, the uh, the Eagles. They also lost Sidney Brown in that game last week against the Giants, uh, one of their safeties or defensive backs. He's out for the season. Um, and obviously, uh, that's a big deal. Their secondary has had some injuries anyway. Reed, uh, speaking of that, Reed Blankenship uh, got injured in that game last week with a groin injury. He didn't practice on Thursday. Uh, so th- this game is not until Monday, so they didn't have to, you know, quote, rush guys out there as much as if you were obviously playing tomorrow or if you're playing on Sunday. So we'll see what's going on with that. The good news is, is that Darius Slay, who is coming off a knee surgery, he hasn't played for several weeks. He's he says he's expect he's expecting to play, and also Devontae Smith, who got injured a couple of weeks ago and didn't play in the game last week for the against the Giants. He uh, was a full participant in practice yesterday with a knee injury. So some good there for the uh, Eagles. Mostly bad on the injury front. Um, their defense again was really bad last week against a Giants offensive line, which is bad, and also against the Giants passing game, which has been bad most of the season, and they couldn't stop either that, uh, either those groups or you know really anything at all in the offense. So we'll see what's going on as far as that goes. As far as Tampa real Tampa Bay real fast here, uh, they won four in a row. They're really playing hard for Baker Mayfield and Todd Bowles. There's no doubt that they really have an affection for Bowles and you know, some of these post-game, you know, the, uh, you know, the locker room uh, you know, videos that are released and so forth. I don't think there's any doubt that it's not a phony thing between the players and Bowles. There's a lot going on there. As far as injuries, you know, Tampa Bay actually has the shortest injury report of any of the teams uh, playing this weekend, at least as of yesterday. Mayfield. Uh, with the ankle and ribs, and Tristan Worse with the illness uh, did not participate. But once again, remember, they don't play until Monday. That is correct. Uh, just a couple of other things for Jalen Hurts. In their 1-5 and five stretch here to conclude the season, he has five touchdowns and five interceptions. I also ask this question here with potentially some of the injuries to Hurts, A.J. Brown, I know Devonta Smith not on the injury report but was dealing with something toward the end of the season there. Uh, they really have not run the ball much this season. Is that a possibility for them to try to run the ball or are they in a situation where they just can't run the ball? On top of that, the Bucks' defense is giving up just 95.3 yards per game on the ground. They did play earlier in the season. I mean, like, really early in the season, like one of the first couple or three games of the year, and they ran the ball at will against Tampa in that particular game. Uh, I just think that there's a lot going on here with the uh, Eagles. I'm guessing there's stuff going on that uh, we can watch them play every Sunday, and clearly they're not playing well at all, really, in any aspect for several weeks. Uh, my guess is there's also stuff going on behind the, behind the scenes, which we might find out about later, especially if they lose this game. There might be some changes and so forth, so we'll see what's going on with that. I mentioned this uh, earlier in the week. I'm on Tampa in this game, and I would have never imagined I'd say this sentence. Baker Mayfield is actually playing better than Jalen Hurts. Definitely has – it's not even arguable. I mean, he's badly outplayed Jalen Hurts – the last three or four weeks of the season. And uh, speaking of Hurts, uh, just as far as this matchup goes, in addition to the, some of the things that you mentioned, 
He has thrown more interceptions against the Blitz than any quarterback in the NFL. And we know that Todd Bowles, no matter what, is going to blitz. Except I remember one game here against Jared Goff a few years ago, and he was the Cardinals defensive coordinator. He didn't. But pretty much every other game in his life, he's been a blitzing machine as far as getting to the quarterback. We didn't talk about this game because they are on a bye, uh, but it looks like the Ravens have officially designated Mark Andrews to return from IR, and he was seen in uh, open portion of practice today. Yeah, I was actually so somewhat surprising as far as the Ravens is they you know they really not missed him that much. Uh, you know, their receiving group has done a really good job, and uh, and actually I I assume I don't know that I don't have the numbers in front of me here. But I'm fairly certain that they've actually been better as far as passing yards per game since Andrews was injured. Moving away from the NFL just briefly before we make room for Kyle Sapi of Pro Football Network on the other side of the break. Uh, Florida State. Yesterday we had discussed several options, uh, names for potentially filling the shoes of Nick Saban at Alabama. And one of the names that we were discussing was Mike Norvell. Well, Mike Norvell and FSU have agreed to an eight-year contract this morning, paying him more than $10 million a year. Yeah, also another one name that we mentioned yesterday was Kalen DeVore uh, from Washington and you know, he, uh, DeVore, you know, canceled a rescheduled radio interview with a Seattle radio station this morning. And, you know, as we also, as you mentioned yesterday, uh, you know, maybe even mentioned, yeah, yesterday you mentioned this, Greg Byrne, uh, the athletic director now in Alabama, declared on Wednesday that he wants to replace Saban within 72 hours. When we talked about this briefly yesterday, I didn't really realize the transfer portal situation and that re- that transfer portal remains open. And what I completely had forgotten about is that whenever a college coach leaves, the remaining players, all of them, have a 30-day window in the portal to leave. So that's, I think, the urgency on Burns' case there as far as you're trying to you know, get somebody in there and – Hopefully they can convince the returning talent to stay. Uh, the other thing we talked about, Kalen DeBoer yesterday. One of the names, though, that we did not discuss that I have now seen this morning is actually Alabama offensive coordinator Tommy Reese in his first season right. with Alabama. We know uh, he was like quarterbacks coach and then offensive coordinator for Notre Dame. Um, what do you think about that potential uh, promoting him from within? I'm not sure. Um, yeah, Reese was at Notre Dame with Kelly, and uh, yeah, ended up uh, you know staying at uh, Notre Dame for one more year, or maybe two more years, one more year, one more year, and then obviously ended up at Alabama at the end of last year and was there for this season. Yeah, that offense was a mess earlier this year, and uh, I don't know if it was, you know, I don't think it was necessarily his fault, but certainly the fact that you know Jalen Milro uh, got better during the season. I think that Reese did a really much better job of, you know, kind of, uh, you know, you know, basically the scheme and so forth better fitted the court, better fit the quarterback, and you know, they by the end of the season, with the exception obviously the uh, the uh, you know, the CFP semifinal, uh, they were a pretty balanced offense and they were running the ball with some efficiency. But uh, I would be if it's a choice between DeVore. And, and Reese, there's no choice for me. But uh, uh, the Athletic reported last night that Reese and Norvell and uh, DeBoer were the finalists at that point. And obviously, 
you know, the uh, the development this morning of the announcement that Norvell's got a contract extension to stay at Florida State takes him out of the mix. I have one other thing because we've been really highlighting here this week the the legends in uh, Nick Saban and Bill Belichick. You could also uh, have the, the news of Pete Carroll and just kind of overall their connection with each other, too. Uh, since 2000, there have been 24 Super Bowls and 24 college football title games contested. Belichick, Saban, and Carroll coached in 22 of those games. So that amasses wow. to 45%. They've won 15. That accounts to 31%. Uh, I think that kind of highlights just, one, their longevity, uh, their ability to adapt to certain situations, and, uh, you know, the success that they have had. Absolutely. No doubt about it, even though I think that Carroll might have been a little more, at least in his days in Seattle, was a little more rigid uh, then certainly, uh, you know, certainly Saban at Alabama and even Belichick at uh, New England. Uh, so, uh, yeah, we'll see. In, all, in essence, you know, Saban, obviously, you're a head coach in college football. You are the player personnel director <laughs> to some extent. Uh, but uh, of those three, Saban, I think, has made the best personnel decisions. But he also, I think, has the, uh, the most... Uh, you know, leeway to go out and get stud players because it's a recruiting process and not free agency, even though the portal is somewhat free agency these days. Yeah, it has definitely changed a bit since uh, in the last several years, as opposed to Alabama being a top candidate place. There was not as many um, contenders, if you will, for other reasons as well. Correct. No it doubt. It is Kyle Sabi, Pro Football Network, PFNBetting.com. He's joining us on the other side of the break. NFL prop discussion for the playoffs. Check out KDUSAM 1060 on 100.7 KSLX HD2. That's right, HD Radio on 100.7 channel number two. to Extra Point right here on KDOS AM 1060. As always, follow along with us online at KDOS1060.com and with the KDOS 1060 app. It's time for our NFL prop discussion. Popping on out to the KDOS hotline, Kyle Soppy, Pro Football Network, as well as follow all of their work over at pfnbetting.com. The playoffs are here. Super wild card weekend is here. Kyle, it's Kayla and Bob. How are you today? I'm doing great. I am ready for some football here. We've got some injuries. We've got some weather. You got a little bit of everything on Wild Card Weekend. And it goes over three days now. We get three days of goodness in our lives to open up the playoff season. What more could we possibly ask for? You know, when you simplify it like that, I don't know the answer. Uh, let's get into it here, though. And I'm going to start with some playoff prop bets. Uh, let's start with most playoff passing yards. Dak Prescott leads the way with plus 200 odds. Josh Allen sitting at plus 400. Patrick Mahomes plus 550. Brock Purdy plus 550. A little bit further down the board, Lamar Jackson at 14 to 1. So part of this to me is factoring in the teams that are playing wildcard weekend versus teams teams that have a bye, but then also how far you think teams are going to be able to go in the playoffs to extend their opportunities. So as you look at these players here, what stands out to you and how do you break this down? Yeah, I would agree with how you handicap this. You need to maximize your game count, whether that's playing wildcard weekend or not. 
You need to play three or four games to make this happen. I'm going to go with Brock Purdy in this market. I understand it's not the sexiest name, and they've got some big names up there, but are we sure Dallas gets past the second round? Are we sure they play multiple games here? San Fran, the way I have the playoffs playing out here, I've got San Fran playing a banged-up Eagles team that can't defend the pass. I've got them in a conference championship playing the Lions, who've had their struggles recently against the pass and on defense across the board. And then you're in the Super Bowl. So right now they've, I've got them playing three games, two of which are against very vulnerable secondaries. Brock Purdy, I think, is the best value on the board when you're looking at passing yards for the postseason. Looking ahead to Saturday, specifically uh, the you know the uh, the Ravens. Excuse me, not the Ravens. The uh, the Browns and the Texans. I saw Joe Flacco's name in my notes here. I thought Ravens, <laughs> uh, but he's not with them anymore. Uh, Joe Flacco lit up the Texans on Christmas Eve. Amari Cooper had a career game in that game against Houston. Is there any remaining value with those guys in prop bets for this weekend? And those two specifically in the prop market, I don't think so. But I do still think the public's kind of out on Joe Flacco, at least more than they should be. For his entire career, he's 6-0 and in playoff season openers. That's the spot they find themselves here. He's on the road and favored. I get it. That's not a perfect condition. But you're avoiding the elements. Story of the wild card weekend here. He gets a rookie quarterback. I understand C.J. Stroud's been great. So, yeah, I'm out on the – prop markets in this game, but I'm not hesitating to take the Browns against the number here. Uh, One more on the uh, Browns and the Texans contest here with, uh, you know, Amari Cooper at a huge game the first time that they played, sitting at 78 and a half yards. Flacco and that David Njoku connection has been really uh, working nicely for them. He's sitting at 56 and a half yards. But if you flip this over to the expectations for the Texans and how they might have to stay in this one, C.J. Stroud, he's at 242 and a half yards. What makes sense to you with this game? I'm telling the same story you are, that they might have to play from behind in a little bit, but that Browns defense does scare me. So instead of taking the overs on the passing yards, give me the unders on the rushing yards. Devin Singletary has taken over this backfield from Damian Pierce, who we were all encouraged by in his rookie season, but just hasn't shown much this year. Singletary is getting the work, but he doesn't have a 25-yard carry this season. So you're talking he needs extreme volume to go over his number that's in the 60s right now against the Browns defense that's elite against the run. I don't think he gets there with a big carrier, too, and I don't think he sees enough volume if they're playing from behind. So Devin Singletary under rushing yards is the prop up plan in that game. Tomorrow night, uh, Miami at Kansas City. Bad weather. You mentioned uh, the weather situations in uh, Kansas City and obviously Buffalo on Sunday. So Tua, uh, not the greatest uh, you know, stats. In fact, bad stats and cold weather situations. Maybe not the best matchup either against the Kansas City def- uh, secondary and so forth. So any Tua under props catch your attention? If I'm going to play it, it would be Tua under. But, man, you're, I mean, you were talking this weather. I'm not a meteorologist. I can't even say the word. I don't play <laughs> one on TV. I think this is going to be a struggle. To get him to that number, obviously you're betting against Tyreek Hill. So I'm not super comfortable at stepping in front of that, but I'm certainly not taking the over. So if you're going passing props, in my opinion, it's got to be under there. The one positive, I guess, part of this game that I would go to as far as through the air, I think Rasheed Rice could find the end zone. He's going off plus 140, 150 range right now. You've got a Dolphins team that frankly struggles to tackle. That's a problem for Rasheed Rice, who's rookie receiver, but one of the best in the game already in terms of yak. They should be in the red zone early and often, even in a cold environment. If they decide to use that 
supplement the run, Rasheed Rice could find the end zone considering he's used there so often. He's, there's been three guys over the last decade that have seen as many red zone targets as he has as a rookie. They're Cooper Cup, Odell Beckham, and Rice. That's, that's company I'm willing to bet in at plus money in this market. Kyle Sapi, Pro Football Network, pfnbetting.com. Follow all of their work with pfnbetting.com. Uh, one more for you on this Chiefs game. When you're just kind of looking at maybe Isaiah Pacheco's potential impact here, if you're also thinking uh, if there's severe winds, if it's if it's just really cold, you kind of just want to hand the ball off. Is this a potential for Isaiah Pacheco to bust out in this contest? I'm in the same zip code as you there, just a different house. I'm on Pacheco, but on his receiving yards over. I do think the running game will be voluminous, and that's going to be expected in this weather. But what about the short passing game here? Patrick Mahomes is ADOT last postseason, 14.6% lower than his ADOT during the regular season. So if he's checking it down instead of maybe running and putting himself in harm's way, weather, you mentioned that. If they're stopping the run and they're you know, putting everybody in the box here to stop the run, Isaiah Pacheco shown great development. This season, as a pass catcher, roughly three times as many catches as he had targets as a rookie. So if you're telling me he gets three to five to six targets, I think he clears 20, 20 and a half rush, or receiving yards, which is his listed profit most books right now. I'll add a little more ammo for you that on with uh, that, Kyle. Uh, the, the fact that Jarek McKinnon, who has been a big pass catcher for them in the playoffs and late seasons in the past, uh, he's out. So uh, it's even more reason for Pacheco, I think, too. Sold. Aaron Jones. Yeah. Yeah, 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 that uh, Aaron Jones, maybe no A.J. Dillon. Uh, the Cowboys have had some uh, not-so-good rush defense games, so Aaron Jones catch your attention for this weekend, possibly. Yeah, I think you're on the right path. The only concern there, and I'm a Packers fan, I will admit that point blank, is if they fall behind in a big way, the running game, the game script could get away from them against a very good, very aggressive Dallas team playing at home where they're notably better. Than they are on the road, but no AJ Dillon doesn't move the market. Excuse me, for me in a major way, he hasn't been effective all season long. He's he's a plotting back. He's going to get the short line, short yardage carries, which to me isn't going to really kill a yardage prop for Aaron Jones. So if you're going to go Jones, I don't mind going over, but I would parlay it potentially with Green Bay covering because if they're getting bumped, if they're getting blown out in this game, Jones isn't hitting that number. One more for you on the Packers-Cowboys here, but flipping it to the Cowboys side of things here. I mean, C.D. Lamb's number is sitting at 100.5 yards. We do know how good he's been this year. We know how good he is when he's lined up in the slot. We also know that the Packers are giving up a tremendous amount of yards to wide receivers who line up in the slot. But 100.5 yards is a lot to be betting on one way or another here. So is there something that we should be pivoting to? I'm going Jake Ferguson. If we're going to go that passing game, and Green Bay has been vulnerable against the pass, but it's been more the secondary pass catchers that have been racking up the yards over the last month or two, over the last five games. Secondary pass catchers, that includes tight ends, receivers, whatever, 401 receiving yards for that secondary option. The primary option in those games is under 300. So you're talking a big advantage there. I'm not saying Jake Ferguson's going to outdo C.D. Lamb or that the Packers have some kind of cheat code that allows them to shut down the unshuttable, downable C.D. Lamb here with franchise records in receptions and receiving yards. But I do think Jake Ferguson can get loose for a little bit. His total right now, under 50 yards. I'm looking at three to six catches, and if he does that, I'll take my chances. He is in my same game parlay for this game over 42.5 receiving yards. 
Okay, the Detroit Rams game. Uh, you know, let, let's assume that Laporta doesn't play or is limited. So Amon Ross, a Brown against a Rams secondary, which has really been the weakness of their team for much of the season and even during this winning streak. Uh, is the number too high for St. Brown, or can we still get involved there? If I'm going in the passing game, I'm looking different places because the number is quite high. But listen, if you're you're not going to have a hard time selling me on Lions overs when Goff's playing at home. Over the last two seasons, seven percent of his pass of his pass attempts have been touchdowns at home. That's I think he can keep up with the going back and forth. Obviously, the total's over fifty. So if you're looking at Amon Ross St. Brown, I don't mind going that avenue. I'd probably rather play receptions or his touchdown prop as opposed to yards because they're gonna we know they're gonna try to get him the ball. There's no two different ways about that, especially with Sam Laporta out. If the Rams can scheme up something to stop his yak, then the yardage potential is in a problem. But I see him getting eight to twelve targets, and that should be, you know, probably seven, eight, nine catches, which is gonna catch most bets. Kyle Sabi, Pro Football Network. Follow all their work over at pfnbetting.com. Sticking with that game here, the Lions secondary has been giving up some yards. So how do we deploy Cooper Cup and Puka Nakua in that vein? You could, honestly, I think I'd play both and hope that, you know, if you lose one of them, you just kind of lose the juice and it washes out. Or you could hit both. That's very, it shoots out. If I'm going to this passing game, I'm going to say Matthew Stafford doesn't throw an interception. The Lions, the top pressure defense in the league. Stafford's played three top ten pressure defenses. He's thrown one interception in 106 pass attempts in those games. So I'm going to go that avenue if I'm playing the game. But I do think they have success. But choosing Puka Nakua or Cooper Cup, I wish I could say there was math behind it or statistical trends or anything like that. But it really does seem to be almost random as opposed to which one goes off, which one's healthy which one scores versus having the yardage. There's too much unknown uncertainty there. I'll say Matthew Stafford doesn't turn it over. I want to go back to the uh, the Browns and the Texans game. But you know, Dalton Schultz against the Browns defense. The Browns have been bad against tight ends since Grant Delpit was injured. It appears that Delpit is not going to play tomorrow. Uh, so maybe an anytime touchdown for Schultz. Ooh, I don't mind that call. These anytime touchdowns with the plus money. I do think you can find some value there. Brevin Jordan scares me a little bit as far as tight ends. If you're playing that angle, that even if it is a tight end, maybe it's not Schultz. Jordan has impressed a little bit here, but Noah Brown banged up. I already told you I don't trust the running game. So if they're going to go through the air, it can't all be Nico Collins. I know it has been at points this season, but I don't mind that call at all. And that way you're isolating it. So you only need one play. You're not going receptions. You're not going to be consistently a part of the offense. You in close, which is where they end. Kyle Sapi, Pro Football Network, pfnbetting.com here in the Extra Point on KDOS AM 1060. Uh, so we started this conversation with most playoff passing yards. I want to bring it to most playoff rushing yards. Christian McCaffrey sitting at plus 170. James Cook sitting at plus 500. Isaiah Pacheco plus 800. Tony Pollard also plus 800. But is there really any value or any play here? I mean, my favorite would be McCaffrey because I've got the 49ers winning the Super Bowl, and that's similar to what I was going with with the Brock Purdy Avenue. But if you're going to go with a little bit of value, I don't mind kind of seeking out Isaiah Pacheco there. We know he's the lead back in that role. You already mentioned the McKinnon injury. That's just one fewer option there. If I mean, the pass game shortens. If they're going to go with the running game here, and they could advance further than people think. I know it's kind of trendy to bet against Mahomes and the Chiefs right now, and 
I don't know about you guys, but I've been around football for over the last five, six, seven years here. Betting against Mahomes isn't really a way to make money here. So if you trust him to win games, maybe not put up monster numbers, but if you trust him to win games and Kansas City could make a run through the AFC here, Pacheco's an interesting option because if they're doing that, if they're winning games, they're playing with a positive game script, and he's the only guy running the ball. As hard as he runs, he's among the best, the hardest to tackle, and I, I, listen to me. I'm, I'm a researcher for a living. I'm 140 pounds soaking wet. I don't know much about tackling. I know it doesn't get easier the colder it gets outside. <laughs> Last thing for me here, uh, Tampa Bay on Monday night against the Eagles secondary. I know the, you know, the Mayfield's got some uh, issues with health-wise and so forth, but is there a way we can take advantage of Mike Evans and Chris Godwin against that secondary from the Eagles? Oh, you sure can. I am loading up, and this is – it's dangerous when your favorite bet's a Monday nighter because if, if everything goes sideways over the weekend, I'm going to be trying to play catch up here. But Baker Mayfield, this passing number is too low for me right now. 233 and a half through the yard for Baker or through the air for Baker Mayfield. You mentioned the injury, and obviously we got to keep an eye on that. And that's the beauty of things. You don't have to bet it right now while there's relative unknown here. But he's cleared 245 passing yards in every game against a team that's not. Basically, I got the defense that isn't stingy against the run. So, you look at Philly, what do they do well? They stop the run. They're going to pass, force you to throw their top five in opponent pass rate over expectation. And a matchup like that, I'm looking for 35 to 40 throws from Mayfield in a game that isn't going to have weather concerns. They're in Tampa Bay. They're not on the East Coast, way up top, Northeast, anywhere like that. Baker Mayfield, I like the Eagles to win this game. I put them in a game script here. I think he could flirt with, I think he's going to be closer to 300 than he will be to his prop. A game that will have weather implications, lots of wind, seven inches of snow possibly coming down, Steelers and Bills. I saw this here during weeks 12 through 18. The Steelers rank first in rushing attempts, and the Bills actually rank second in rushing attempts. So they've certainly really embraced the ground game here of late, then maybe even dictating based upon weather here. Najee Harris sitting at 60 and a half yards, James Cook at 65 and a half yards. What do we do? Yeah, well, what do you do is you get somebody that you trust with the weather to tell me what's going on here. If this is a whiteout condition, this is all going to make them move the game to Cleveland. There's a lot of moving pieces here. If I'm going running back in this game, I'd be tempted to go the Jalen Warren route. I wrote him up as an anytime touchdown option. I think he's a good play there just because of his versatility. Over the last month, he's averaging 10 carries a game. And then he's obviously their primary pass catching back too. And if the conditions are as bad as they're saying it is, that short passing game is going to be huge. You could be looking at an over in receptions if you want to go a combo prop with receiving and rushing yards. I don't mind going that way, thinking that he gets his hands on the ball 15 times in a game that's going to – the total is under 40 right now and falling in a hurry. If this game is low scoring, it's more likely than not to be reasonably close, which keeps the short pass game and or run game in the script for Pittsburgh. Jalen Warren props are where I'm going in that case. Kyle Soppy, Pro Football Network, PFNBetting.com. Uh, so we started the conversation with most passing yards. We slipped in there, most playoff rushing yards. Can't uh, leave the conversation without some love for the defensive side of the ball. Most playoff sacks. Nick Bosa sitting at plus 250. Micah Parsons plus 500. Javon Hargrave plus 900. Miles Garrett plus 900. I feel like personally this one is a little bit more challenging because pressures on the quarterback have to turn into sacks plus opportunities have to be there too how do you look at this yeah that's a good point and it, it's a tough market to get a handle on obviously you still want the volume 
in games, which is why the guys at the top of the board are the ones you mentioned. And that, that scares me a little bit off of, you know, some of the bigger names like a Miles Garrett that we – I don't know. I, listen, I'm picking the Browns to win, but am I super confident that they do? I'm not. I'll go Micah Parsons in that spot. I do think Dallas can roll over Green Bay in week one, so at least get them two games. You're looking at potentially a game in round two, which would be a coin toss kind of game. It would be in Dallas, in Jerry World. He's got game-breaking potential here. Going against Jordan Love, who's not really going to run away from you in a big way. Going against Jared Goff in my scenario here, who's not really going to go away from you. And then if they win there, they get San Fran potentially in the conference championship. Another quarterback that can't really evade pass rushers and is just going to, you know, fall down and take live to see another play. Live, don't make the crazy play. Don't go Justin Fields and try to run all over the place and make something happen. Brock Purdy, Jared Goff, Jordan Love, all could, you know, fall down and just, just take it. Just take your medicine there. Let Michael Parsons do what Michael Parsons does. So if I'm going that mark, I'm unlikely to play it. But I would tell myself that the Cowboys are going to make the Super Bowl or at least the NFC Championship game, and Parsons is going to be a big reason why. Uh, before we let you go here, anything that we haven't touched on, anytime touchdown, passing yards, receiving yards, rushing yards that you really like for Super Wild Card Weekend? I think if you're trying to go a little crazier, a little off the board with this first game, because everybody, we all get excited. We spent all week looking forward to the playoffs, and then that first game comes, and you're like, okay, I need to have something in my pocket. Elijah Moore, plus 370 over at FanDuel right now to score a touchdown anytime in the game. He's the leader in the Browns, on the Browns team right now when it comes to red zone, or I'm sorry, end zone targets from Joe Flacco. That's ahead of Amari Cooper. That's ahead of David Njoku. He's being targeted where it matters most, and they're low volume, low trajectory targets. They're close to the line of scrimmage, which are high percentage looks. If he gets a few of those, I could see him cashing in. You're talking plus 370. You hit a bet like that in the first game, and you are looking good for the rest of the week. All right, let's go, Elijah Moore. Hey, Kyle, as always, we appreciate your time. Looking forward to a fun Super Wild Card weekend, and we'll do it again next Friday. Sounds good. Looking forward to it. Perfect. Kyle Soppy there, Pro Football Network. Follow all of their work over at pfnbetting.com. We'll have uh, poll questions coming up on the other K- side. Kayla, really quick time out here. Uh, there's multiple reports out there that Kalen DeBoer is going to be the next Alabama coach. Okay. We'll uh, look into that a little bit more uh, during the break, find some information, report back to you as we do for our poll questions. But it's time for you to be the winner of today's $100 gift certificate to Von Hansen's Meats and Spirits. People already apparently know that uh, I'm calling for it. They started calling before I even made the announcement. Disqualified. All right. Give us a that's call a, now. That's a good thing, actually, in a way. <laughs> yeah, it is. 602-260-1060 is the number to be today's winner of the $100 gift certificate to Von Hansen's Meats and Spirits. VonHansen'sMeats.net. Make sure you're coming with your play of the weekend as well. Let's go caller 3, 602-260-1060. We'll figure out what's going on with Alabama. We'll answer today's poll questions. It's all happening on a Friday, January 12th here in the Extra Point. Ready to bring KDUS AM 1060 into your home with Alexa? Hi, I'm Alexa. Download the KDUS AM 1060 skill and enable. Then say, Alexa, open KDUS AM 1060. This is where I start my day.
Thanks to Kyle Soppy, Pro Football Network, for joining us, breaking down Super Wild Card Weekend with us. And congratulations to our winner of the $100 gift certificate to Von Hansen's Meats and Spirits. The weekend bet that we're all on, it's going to be the Rams plus three, according to our Von Hansen's Meats and Spirits winner. As we typically do now, though, it's time to get into the poll questions. It is the extra point right here on KDOS AM 1060. The KDOS1060.com poll question. We've been talking a lot this week about uh, the changes that are upcoming in terms of, uh, you know, Bill Belichick moving on from the New England Patriots, Nick Saban announcing his retirement from coaching college football. Uh, When it comes to which legendary coach will be more difficult to replace, is it Bill Belichick? Is it Nick Saban? I'm going to say it's Belichick, and that's partly just because of the structure between the college game and the NFL game. And, uh, you know, Saban uh, left a, uh, you know, know, loaded team for the next couple of years, it appears. And, you know, the recruiting class that uh, that has already signed uh, to go to Alabama this upcoming year uh, for next year's class is, uh, is considered to be amongst the best, if not the best in the country. I think that New England, whether it's Belichick or whoever, um, Gerard Mayo now, there's a lot of rebuilding to do there. So, you know, throw those things together and just the structure of the college game against the NFL game, I think it would be very more, it would be much more difficult for any college, uh, for any NFL coach to, to, to have an easier job, so to speak, uh, than a college coach. But I'm, I, for all those reasons I just threw out there, probably not very eloquently. Uh, but I'm going to go, I think that Saban would be, uh, uh, you know, excuse me, that Belichick would be more difficult to replace because I think Saban's left uh, a lot more at Alabama, uh, whether it's for Kalen DeBoer or somebody else, than uh, Belichick has left in New England for Mayo. Ooh, definitely in terms of uh, roster strength, uh, you would think that Alabama is in a better place uh, moving forward than the New England Patriots as it is right now. But I guess it's interesting because both both guys have attrition with assistant coaches moving on to head coaching opportunities or advancement offensive coordinator, et cetera. I feel like, though, Nick Saban has had to do that uh, with quite frequency throughout his career, He and he's had to also do that in mind with finding particular assistant coaches that are good at recruiting, um, good at being able to get guys to believe in why Alabama uh, has that extra edge for them to get to the next step, which is the NFL to get you prepped and ready to go to play in the NFL. Obviously when you have like 44, uh, first rounders selected in your career that kind of helps the recruiting process as well but I also think so that all those things that go behind the scenes then in addition to that uh him being the architect on game day making those little subtle decisions that uh are needed in these big time moments I think actually means that uh Nick Saban is more difficult to replace because kind of in the NFL game 
Yes, we understand that things are really challenging because of the salary cap. And, uh, you know, you have all of these different structures in place with the NFL. But the thing is, is that moving forward, that not all falls on the next head coach. There's going to be a general manager. There's going to be a front office in the scouting department. So there's a little bit more there that I think is going to get diversified. And it feels like maybe more people are going to be part of the Patriots uh, structure moving forward whereas Nick Saban feels like he was kind of like Alabama. So how is all of this going to move forward for the Crimson Tide? So I'm actually on Nick Saban's side. The masses are on Nick Saban at 83% of the vote. Bill Belichick sitting at 17%. That is the KDOS1060.com poll question. And to your point before we uh, went to break there, sources telling Pete Thamel with ESPN that uh, Kalen DeBoer currently in negotiations now for that head coaching position. Looks like also DeBoer, uh, you know, 49 years old, and uh, he would obviously be replacing their uh, 17 seasons of Nick Saban. But Kalen DeBoer, we've touched on it. Uh, he has won at every level that he's been at, and DeBoer and uh, either Alabama would owe Washington $12 million for a buyout if he were to leave. Mere pittance uh, compared to what's going on elsewhere. Over on X at KDOS AM 1060, who wins Sunday night in Detroit, the Lions or the Rams? And I am on the uh, the Rams side of things here. I think the Lions secondary has uh, a lot of potential giving up big plays to the Rams wide receivers. I also think that, uh, you know, Matthew Stafford having been there, done that maybe helps a little bit. I know both both guys have played in Super Bowls. Jared Goff played in a Super Bowl. Matthew Stafford played in a Super Bowl. Uh, but I think I trust Sean McVay a little bit more in this particular situation. Uh, and then I think that Raheem Morris will be able to figure out something defensively here. And with Sam Laporta, I think that's a huge injury to the Lions. I'm on the Rams side of things. Yeah, I declared on Monday that the Rams would be my side here. I actually declared a couple of weeks ago that I was hoping that these teams would play each other because I'll be on the Rams. Uh, they have by far the better game day coach, not dismissing what Campbell has done to re, you know, you know, not necessarily rebuild the program but make them a viable program and put them in this spot. But on game day, I want, uh, I want definitely want McVay coaching my team. My biggest concern, I'll be holding my breath every time the Rams special teams are on the field because they've been bad even during this winning streak at the end of the season. The masses are on the Lions' side of things at 56.3% of the vote. The Rams sitting at 43.8%. However, our Von Hansen's Meats and Spirits winner is on Rams plus three. So I guess we're all moving into the Super Wild Card weekend in agreement and in collective rooting for the Rams. I don't know if they have a fight song or not, but if they do, I need to go out and get the music for that, right? We can create our own fight song. <laughs> okay, go Rams, go or something like that. Yeah. yeah, there we go. That's the best I can. That's my creativity for today. Von Hansen's Meats and Spirits, located two three nine zero North Alma School in Chandler. Pay them a visit, or also visit them online at vonhansen'smeats.net. Three days of NFL football. It's a three-day weekend. 
no excuse not to head on over to Von Hansen's Meats and Spirits and dial up some delicious meats for the NFL viewing. We have one final segment to go next. Your caddy, Ray Adams, takes you beyond the 18th hole on Saturday mornings with Great American Golf from 6 to 7 a.m. on KDUS AM 1060. We've made it. It's the final segment of Friday Spread brought to you by Von Hansen's Meats and Spirits on this Friday, January 12th in the Extra Point. Bob Kemp, Kayla Mortolaro here with you. Want to make sure that I have time to get it in. No show on Monday in observance for Martin Luther King Jr. Day. The Sports Home with Bob Kemp back with you Tuesday starting at 10 a.m. in the Extra Point following suit on Wednesday. But it's that time once again here, Bob. It is thank you time. As always, we thank you for listening. Special thanks to callers, emailers, tweeters, texters, whomever, and whatever else slipped through the cracks. Also, our guest today, multiple uh, Lions-Cowboys preview with uh, you know, Shane v- uh, Windsor of uh, the Detroit uh, Detroit Free Press, columnist there. And he's also on the Rams uh, with some reluctance there, he mentioned. Also, our weekly NFL prop ed segment earlier this hour with Kyle Sapi from Pro Football Network. On Tuesday at 10.15, we'll have analysis from the NFL Super Wild Card Weekend and also the latest uh, NFL coaching news. So that will be the big uh, segment on Tuesday's show as far as a guest goes. Sound today, courtesy of uh, ESPN College Football, Fox, CBS, NFL Network, ESPN, which I think I already said, uh, ABC, TNT, FS1, and NBC. Lots of acknowledgments there. Special thanks, as always, to Kayla, Corey, and Aaron. Kayla's going to tell us what's coming up next. That's right. Up next from 1 to 3 p.m., it is the Doug Gottlieb Show, followed by the Rich Eisen Show from 3 to 5. The Sports Zoo with Dave Rooster Bierstein from 5 to 6. And then ASU Women's Basketball, they are in Eugene, taking on the Oregon Ducks tonight. Jeff Munn on the call. Pre-game sitting at 7.30 p.m., tip-off at 8 here on KDOS AM 1060, KDOS1060.com, and with the KDOS 1060 app. The Suns, they're next on the court, on the road in um, Oregon as well. I guess everybody's in Oregon. Taking on the Portland Trailblazers Sunday, 7 p.m. on 3TV. And, uh, you know, just because we've spent so much time football-wise, let me throw in one baseball thing here for you, Bob. The Diamondbacks avoided arbitration with six players. Zach Allen, Kevin Ginkle, Joe Mantiply, Paul Sewald, Ryan Thompson, and Christian Walker. Yeah, I think all those were pretty obvious, but it's always good to avoid salary arbitration. Uh, you know, I think no matter what the situation, even if it's a, you know not a contentious thing, but uh, it just lessens uh, any possible tension between uh, management, ownership, and player. Von Hansen's Meats and Spirits weekend specials, USDA Choice Certified Angus Beef Tri-Tip Roast at $12.99 a pound, Spatchcock Cut Chickens at $2.99 a pound, Packer Brats, Green Chilies, and Cheddar Cheese at $5.99 a pound, Cowboy Burgers, Bacon, Onions, Cheddar Cheese at $5.99 a pound, 2390 North Alma School Road in Chandler. Pay them a visit, vonhansensmeats.net. Thanks, as always, for tuning in. Looking forward to a fun Super Wild Card weekend. And as I mentioned, the Sports Zone with Bob Kemp back with you on Tuesday starting at 10 a.m. Enjoy the weekend and talk to you next week.